Kia ora, I'm John O'Hare and welcome to the first season of the Heritage New Zealand Pauhiri Taonga podcast. Whether you're intrigued by the stories behind New Zealand's archaeology, the wonder of our collections, or the history and culture of our places, the Heritage New Zealand Pauhiri Taonga podcast series offers you a new way to experience heritage in the digital age. In this episode, we'll be asking the question, what does heritage mean to you? Answering are six of my colleagues involved in various roles across Heritage New Zealand Pauhiri Taonga. We hope through their answers you get a deeper understanding of the role we all play in our shared and individual heritage. At Heritage New Zealand Pauhiri Taonga, we talk a lot about heritage and indeed Taonga, but it's not often we sit down and talk about what these words actually mean. It seems that while Aotearoa is in lockdown due to COVID-19, we have a great opportunity to delve into what both mean to us as New Zealanders. Joining us from Wellington, Carolyn Topless works on our Token Whenua program. Kia ora, I'm Caroline Topless and I'm the program manager Kaifakahaere Hotaka for Tohu Whenua. Tohu Whenua is a heritage visitor program and it's a partnership between Heritage New Zealand, the Department of Conservation and the Ministry for Culture and Heritage. Uh, the program has been around since 2016 and we're operational in three regions, Northland, Otago and the West Coast and planning to grow and uh, cover heritage places all around New Zealand. Uh, what we do is connect heritage places that are significant around the country and have contributed to a region's story or the national New Zealand story. That sounds fantastic. Talking about you, where did your interest in heritage come from? Well, I think I've always had an interest in cultural heritage in people and places and events. Um, and that has grown into a real interest in national identity. Um, I definitely inherited this from my dad, who was a keen follower of nostalgia. He loved to tell stories, and he took our family to museums and heritage places around the country whenever he got the chance. Uh, one of his favourite things to do was drive, so that took us all over the place, um, including quite frequently to the Littleton Museum, and it's a wonder that I have uh, stayed interested in heritage because there was a mannequin uh, dressed up for Antarctica there that used to freak me out every time I went. Um, I grew up in the South Island, but my parents did make sure that we saw most of the country. And as a child, I was lucky to visit lots of places that are now Tohu Whenua places. So towns like Reefton and Arrowtown and places like the Stone Store and Pompalia Mission in Northland. Um, so it's really special for me to go back and experience those places now with a different set of eyes on. Um, Career-wise, when I left university, I started out as a volunteer in the Christchurch office of the then Historic Places Trust, which is now Heritage New Zealand, and then was lucky to get a paid job there, and then here in Wellington, where I live now, just temporarily. Um, I went from there into a permanent job in the Heritage Operations team at the Ministry for Culture and Heritage, and that's where I really developed a strong interest in the role that heritage plays in national identity. So I had a job there where I worked on memorial projects, and I also looked after New Zealand's um, symbols, national symbols, so the New Zealand flag and the coat of arms and things like that. So, wow. 
wow. That was a really interesting job. And um, since then, I've done a few different things career-wise, but really pleased to have come back into Heritage last year. And I feel really privileged to have the opportunity to share my passion with other Kiwis and with visitors from around the world too through this program. Well, Heritage obviously um, is a big part of of your life and and your past. Um, What would you say Heritage means to you personally? To me, Heritage means not forgetting. Heritage to me brings history to life um, and to use a terrible cliche, we all stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. People who did big things and small things and fought for causes and invented things and wrote and signed and broke treaties. These are all the people that make up a national character and build a national story. And the places where those things happened are the fabric of those stories. To me, heritage places are clues that are left behind. They make history real by showing us what happened, where it happened, and they help us to understand how and why, and how those events and people and inventions contributed to who we are and how we, who we've become, I guess, as a society and a culture. So in Tohu Whenua, we recognise heritage places and stories where history is brought to life so that we don't forget. And to me, there is nothing more thrilling than standing in the spot at Waitangi where Tetiriti was signed in 1840, or walking across the bridge at Brunner Mine and feeling the spirits of the people who lost their lives there in our worst workplace disaster, or learning about the foundations of our economy at Tōtara Estate in Wamaru, where their first shipment of frozen meat was sent to the UK from. Um, you can read about all that stuff in a history book, but you get so much more of an experience if you can learn on the ground. In my view, you are much less likely to forget a fact of history or if you have visited a place where it happened and heard the stories firsthand. Uh, Karen, what do you see are uh, perhaps some of the, the biggest opportunities for heritage in New Zealand? Uh, right now in New Zealand, I 100% think it is the government's decision to teach New Zealand history in all schools. It sounds utterly ridiculous when you say that, doesn't it? Like like it's a new idea or initiative, but it actually is. It's been a huge gap uh, in New Zealand. I loved history at school and I learned an awful lot about English kings and queens and race relations in America, but not very much about the New Zealand wars, for example. So I really hope that this ignites kids' interest in their heritage and they are inspired to explore and learn more. I think it's our absolute best chance to grow future generations of heritage advocates and protectors of our places and our stories. I think it's a fantastic move. On the other side of the coin, what what do you see as some of the greatest threats to heritage? Um, I guess it comes back to that forgetting. So I think allowing people to forget is a great big threat. And that does sound a bit fluffy. But I think it's vital that we do what we can to ensure that people continue to have access to heritage so that forgetting just isn't an option. And this can come in lots of forms, protection and preservation of heritage places, which is a lot of what Heritage New Zealand does, combating climate change and building resilience so that we don't lose places. 
um, investing money, using technology to improve access to stories. Um, as you've probably guessed, I'm a big advocate for visiting heritage places on the ground and experiencing them firsthand. But I also acknowledge that that isn't always an option for everyone. I am recording this podcast from my home where I am currently locked down because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And unless they live at one, no New Zealander can visit any heritage place right now. And that is the same all around the world. So, and it will be some time before we can, before I can go overseas and see a new heritage place for real. But I figure everyone is watching Netflix and YouTube right now. So there are storytelling opportunities everywhere and um, we need to to be really good at using those and making the most of what tools we have to hand. Carol, you've been involved in an amazing variety of uh, heritage-related um, endeavours, particularly as they relate to New Zealand's heritage. What's the most fulfilling heritage project that you've ever worked on? Um, you're right. I am really lucky to have worked on some um, cool projects in my time. And in particular, some big memorial projects. So I worked on the development of the New Zealand Memorial in London and the Tomb of the Unknown Warrior and even the United States Memorial here in Wellington. Um, they've all been big career highlights for me, but I think that the Tomb of the Unknown Warrior was the most satisfying for me and that it honestly moved the nation. Um, it happened in 2004 and literally thousands of people lined the streets in Wellington to welcome the unknown warrior home from France and to see him rest in a new place in Buckle Street. Um, it was it exceeded the expectations of government at the time, which was pretty exciting. Um, but really, you know, we created something new, so it's not a, an old thing, but something new to mark a hugely significant aspect of our heritage. And I genuinely believe that it did contribute to our sense of national identity as New Zealanders and of our place in the world. You know, it really touched a nerve with people and that the collective sorrow and poignancy, but also real pride. Um, the tomb itself, you know, is a reminder of sacrifice and loss, um, but also of a time when our country rose up to know itself and be itself and be confident and independent in the world. And now we have this memorial that is a very tangible place where people can go to remember history and to experience all those emotions. And that's all part of that not forgetting. And um, we're really lucky now, it's a real bonus that the Pukyahu National War Memorial Park has been developed around it to create you know, an even bigger space for memory and contemplation. So it's kind of new heritage uh, being created all the time, which I think is really special. And so important too, in the light of, of New Zealand's recent history. Uh, just, just one final question, um, Karen. If you, if there was one thing you could tell people about heritage New Zealand and Tonga, what would that be? That it's not just all about old buildings, which is what I think everybody thinks when you, you know, when I say I work at Heritage New Zealand, and they say, "Oh, what's that?" And I say, "Well, it used to be called the Historic Places Trust," and they go, "Oh, yeah, you know." Um, I would tell them that it's about values. Um, Heritage New Zealand Pohiri Taonga is about honour and respect and inspiration. And those aren't just words that are employed to make a website or an annual report sound good. I think they're really part of the makeup of the organisation. Um, the staff here are so passionate about heritage and they are really committed to doing their very best for it. And I think the leadership 
is really caring and respectful and also embodies those values. You know, right now we're all working from home remotely from each other, but um, that sense of connection is really strong. And I think that does come from the genuinely values-based approach the organisation takes. Well, Carolyn, it's been great listening to you talk about um, heritage in New Zealand with such um, such passion and insight. Is there anything else you'd like to add, just to finish off? Not really, but I guess I should say you could follow Tohu Whenua on social media, visit our website, and um, hopefully all of our places will be open again soon and everyone will have an opportunity to get out and experience some first-hand heritage of their own. We look forward to it happening. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, John. Based in Wellington, Dean Whiting is the Kaifakahari Tokiaki Taonga at the Kopapa Māori for Heritage New Zealand Prohiri Taonga. For him, heritage is a taonga that takes many forms. Uh, Kia ora, Dean. Um, I just wonder if you're able to just uh, introduce yourself and talk to us a bit about your role at uh, Heritage New Zealand Prohiri Taonga. Oh, kia ora tato. Uh, kia ora, John. Um, um, well, my name is Dean Whiting and I, I work at uh, Heritage New Zealand Pohere Taonga. Um, my role is Kaifakahaere Tautiaki Taonga, me Kaupapa Māori, which is, um, I'm part of Tatira, which is the Māori Heritage Team. Um, and the role is really around, um, I guess, um, uh, creating space in which we support um, kaitiaki across the country in the care of their land base, marae, taonga that they have um, and kōrero that they have um, within their communities um, for the benefits of those communities but also in a way that also um, New Zealanders can value that as well. So it's a very broad role in terms of Māori heritage but within it is a really a primary focus that I have in particular which is around um, the conservation of our marae taonga, in, in particular um, whare nui, um, pātaka, whare kai, whare karakia, a range of built en- environments or structures that um, exist in those communities. Where did your interest in heritage first originate? Um, it really from my family, from my parents and in particular my father. Um, we grew up um, while he was working as a, a Māori arts advisor around the country. And he had a keen interest also in um, Marae arts as a way of, I guess, inspiring a contemporary movement of Māori art. Um, so he started spending a lot of time um, on Marae recording uh, the art that's displayed in Farinui and so on, and spending time with people like Pene Taipa, who's a renowned um, carver, master carver, of that period. So this was in the 1960s and 70s. Um, so as a as a child, um, I sort of grew up with spending a lot of our holidays and time away um, visiting Marae. Um, I guess uh, through osmosis, learning a little bit about their story, but probably spending a lot of time playing um, Bull Rush on the, the paddock out the back. But <laughs> at least. Um, you know, um, being in those sorts of spaces and, and, and seeing uh, parts of the country that a lot of probably kids my age at that time didn't. So I guess that sparked a lot of interest. Um, and uh, But also um, 
uh, he, he brought back that knowledge home and um, uh, in the houses that we had, uh, different places, um, he always had a big workshop and, and their art was being created from these experiences. So I always saw that connection um, that he did in terms of um, uh, story and place and expression of culture. So they're probably the elements that I guess inspired me to do the type of work that I do now. You've probably touched on this, Dean, but um, but personally speaking, what what does heritage mean to you? Um, I think it's that quality of of connecting people. Um, always find um, maybe it's well, it's not particularly a, a Maori thing, but um, we do tend to connect on all kinds of levels. You know, it's it's a deeply entrenched in the culture around Whakapapa, around those encounters of engagement, pōhiri, around meeting relatives, aunties you didn't know, they were your aunties and, you know, things like that. So there's always that kind of, um, uh, that net really of connectivity. So heritage is, um, if we talk about it in those terms, is really about connecting past, present and future to me. And that's really important when you're um, wanting to understand your own identity or, or the ident identity of people um, around you. So um, it has a very powerful personal connection, really, in that way. Uh, um, looking, looking broadly, I guess, um, what do you see are the, are the biggest opportunities for heritage in New Zealand? I think it is about, um, and we do talk about this um, uh, identity, about... Um, this collective sort of sense of belonging to one another. So heritage has a huge role to play in that. And it sits along other things like um, the arts um, and other sorts of expressions of identity that we have. I'd, I would even say sport, even political expressions, I guess, in one way or another. Um, these are all important narratives that are woven through heritage. The, the, the great thing with history and heritage is it's nicely put into a place that we can see it in its whole. It's quite hard to understand the present because there's so many um, streams of things thrown at you, information or this and that. So um, history is a great way to sort of summarise and consolidate a view. And some may say that that's um, one of its downfalls because um, depending on who holds the pen uh, can, can, can sort of change the perception of that period, time or what actually went on. But again, that's an interesting thing in itself because you're also... It's a commentary on attitudes as well at the time or in, in a later period. So, but history has a really key role in terms of identity. And um, at the end of the day, um, you know, that links to our profound purpose in life, um, why we're here, who we are, and um, what do we, how can we contribute to a future. So I think um, it's just one of those foundational aspects of, of being human, I think. Just uh, looking at, the, the, I guess, the other side of the coin, what, what do you see as perhaps some of the greatest threats to heritage in New Zealand? I guess there's that indifference. I guess there's that um, that sort of globalised, um, homogenised um, version of culture that we're continually um, exposed to. It's very seductive, the, the YouTube of the world, the, the, um, the internet um, environment. Um, it's both a wonderful platform but also a threat. So I think um, the digital life that we lead in many respects um, is something we have to be very cautious of and particularly when around trying to define what culturally we are. So um, I would say 
that is something that we need to be very uh, mindful and aware of and actually address in many instances. Because um, we see it within, um, you know, media within New Zealand, um, the sort of preferences of New Zealanders these days, I imagine a lot watch Netflix, um, uh, a lot watch um, stuff that they can, is only a click away versus, um, you know, really seeking out um, stories relates directly to the land that they're standing on, which might be take a little bit more time and effort um, to sort of prize literally uh, from under the rocks. <laughs> so, um, so that's the thing. We've got a, we've got a, we're awash with uh content really um, that really is a globalized thing um, and we, we we struggle actually to get a to get a, a presence in that space so I would say that's one of the biggest threats um, uh, and then it's also just um, I think uh, the way in which people live and work um, you know we're quite dispersed in many ways traditional um, family units um, uh, and probably I'm thinking from a Māori perspective, you know, a lot of our people, including myself and our family, we don't live in our tribal areas, so it's much more difficult to maintain connection um, and story um, in those circumstances. So it's both what we receive um, as people um, through these new channels, but also our uh, relationship we have to important places to our story you know we don't often live in those places to maintain them so um, those are probably the, the things I see as um, things that are real challenges yeah thank you for that that's um, that's amazing uh, Dean you, you've been involved in a, a, a portfolio of amazing projects around the country um, what's the most fulfilling heritage project that you've worked on I guess so many, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm probably going to be selfish with this question because really it's working on my, my own marae, which um, uh, I was probably able to do about six years ago. Um, and that was just such a direct thing, you know, as it would be for anyone, to work on a place that is central to your hapu's identity, that you know that your, your grandparents and great-grandparents were part of creating who lived and um, uh, around and, and were part of its creation um, so there's that very direct association and I think that's really you know you're looking at something you know their eyes looked at you know that they touched these walls they they slept here they they talked here um, you know they celebrated they tongued there so it's all of those you know that you know it's a place where all those emotions their life was was on display, their life was um, part of this thing. So I think for me that is a very um, intimate experience of heritage when it is your own. And that's something really important to cherish. So I'd, that's why I said selfishly, I would say it's our own marae would be the mm. most important. And what's the work did you undertake at that marae? What, what, what's the things we were involved with? Um, it was really uh, the work that um, that we do through our Māori Build Heritage Programme, which is about really revitalising um, our traditional arts, um, conserving um, those arts um, on buildings like Farinui. Um, for, yep. for Kaiaio, which is the name of our whare tipuna, um, it was to restore uh, the whakairo, the, the carved artwork on the front. Um, but um, probably what's more, um, what's probably more expansive in, on Kaiaio is really the painted art. So you walk into the interior yep. of the whare, 
and it's decorated with um, ko fai fai, which I, I guess a lot of people are familiar with in a whare nui. Um, the walls are plain. They they simply um, have photographs of our of our grandparents and, and our our tikona on the walls. But the ko fai fai is a, a really interesting display of um, floral motifs. Um, it was built in about uh, it was built 1913. Um, and it has these neat sort of floral motifs which were part of sort of um, uh, applique, I think you call it, you know, where you transfer a pattern onto fabric. And yep. um, cool. so there's all these little floral um, patterns of roses and violets and all sorts of things like that. Um, wow. And then the actual core fi fi motifs, um, in some parts of it, they've been painted as you would expect in a traditional sense, but there's a little kind of touches of, um, it almost looks like stitching. So the whole thing is like an embroidered or um, sort of piece. So um, you know it's, this is the influence of the women who, um, who had a, a big say and an ex, expression of the whare. So really, to me, it just sort of resonates an important um, value of, of whānau and connection um, to a whare and to being able to nurture its people going into the future. So um, so we spent a bit of time preserving that artwork um, uh, in the Farenui. It sounds absolutely unique. I, I suppose Marae all around the country have their own signature, if you like, their own um, yeah. distinction, which um, I, I suppose your, your role is to recognise that and, and, and preserve the essence of that too. Yeah, yeah. And you do find that around the country um, uh, where um, I guess in maybe in a lot of New Zealanders' minds, they think of a farinui and they think of a, you know, red carvings and, you know, this quite amazing display of art expression. But there is also a lot of subtle um, expressions as well, like I've just described, um, and buildings that look relatively humble from the outside. And sometimes there's um, elements, even spatial elements, the way it's been built or the way it's used, that are very um, localised and particular to that community. Um, and these are ideas and sort of creative things that have happened in those places. So it's by no means is something that was a, um, uh, a template that went around the country. There are certain elements that are always fundamental that make it recognisable as, say, a whare nui. Um, but um, the, uh, that's the interesting part. And that's the important part, not to overlook those small details, those things that are uh, maybe less obvious um, but only you know, once you work on it even, that you notice some of these little nuances, yeah. Uh, Dean, uh, there's, there's uh, people have different ideas about what Heritage New Zealand Pohiritama is um, and what its function is. If there was one thing that you could tell people about Heritage New Zealand, what, what would it be? Um, I think it's, um, it's, it's really in its name. Um, it's Heritage New Zealand but it's Māori, Māori name that's alongside it is Pōhere Taonga. And Pōhere is really about that um, connection to, to place. Um, uh, a pō being a standing post, if you like, and, and the here is all those connections to that. Um, so it's not necessarily talking about the organisation, but what the organisation seeks to achieve in communities, is, which is about focusing the taonga as something that we connect to in the middle. Um, so... Um, I think that for me is probably the overriding thing when I'm explaining it to other people. It's about how we how we connect to our past and how we use that 
you know, looking forward. Um, so it's a very powerful metaphor for me, and I, I see that in the organisation that I work for. Mm, Look, uh, uh, Dean, I mean, we could talk for hours, I suspect, and, and, and maybe we'll have the opportunity at some other point. But um, is there any last last thing you'd like to add to that? Uh, no, I think that's um, that's uh, that's probably as much as I can <laughs> muster up today. But um, it's been great to talk, and it'll be good to talk again soon. Yeah, killer. Cool. Thank you, Dean. That, that's Kilda awesome. John. Michelle Horwood is the manager of Heritage Listing for Heritage New Zealand Pahori Tonga. She joins us from Wellington. Well, thanks very much, Michelle, for your, for your time. Could you just um, introduce yourself and talk to us uh, about your role at Heritage New Zealand Pahori Tonga? Oh, kia ora, John. Thank you. Um, my name's Michelle Horwood, and my um, role is manager of the Heritage, Heritage Listing at Heritage New Zealand, um, which involves managing two programs. One is a um, reasonably lengthy established Heritage List Rarangi Kōrero um, program, uh, which is one where we identify um, New Zealand's significant cultural heritage places um, through a, a regulatory process and provide recognition for those that go into the our public-facing interface on our website. The other one is called National Historic Landmarks, which is a new programme we launched last year, and this programme really highlights the most important moments in time and place that define us. So the places that shape our national identity, it's a really exciting new programme that I'm really um, pleased to be involved with. Um, these places are ones that we see as deserving strategic conservation and long-term protection. So um, it's a much smaller list than the Heritage List Rarangi Kōrero one, um, consisting of one place at the moment, uh, Waitangi Treaty Grounds. But um, because um, we're trying to look at ways in which we can support not only their recognition but their protection, um, because the Tonga that are important to all New Zealanders, um, we're working towards adding to that list over time. Um, so Michelle, um, where did your interest in heritage originate? Well, um, I sort of stumbled across archaeology at university and so that was it really. Um, I hadn't even thought about um, a role in the heritage sector as my um, preferred destiny, but um, as soon as I sort of caught sight of the potential of what um, archaeology can um, do for our understanding of ourselves. I just went for it and I developed this immense passion for these heritage places and what they can tell us about who we are and, and how we got to where we are today. So my original training um, was really New Zealand focused and I specialised in learning about traditional Māori fishing. Um, well, through analysis of fish remains and from archaeological sites, which um, for you might sound quite weird, but it's one that I'm really keen on, so I'm quite passionate about fish bones, so it's a bit weird. But, um, and then after uni, I was lucky enough to get a job in a museum. Um, I was able to continue practising archaeology, but I also began to learn about the role museums have in providing access to you know, stories 
heritage places in Tonga um, that are really valued by communities. So um, it was quite a change in direction for me at that point. Um, I moved to Whanganui um, to take up the position of curator at the museum there. And um, through the support of some incredibly generous and knowledgeable individuals within that community, uh, my experience with an understanding of the importance of access to tangible and intangible heritage, as well as stakeholder authority over kaitiakitanga or guardianship um, of these things really developed. Um, and that's been the real passion and direction of my um, professional practice um, since. Um, this experience in Wanganui set me in good stead for a stint at teaching um, when an opportunity arose to develop a new heritage and museum studies programme which aimed at increasing Māori involvement in this sector. Um, that programme was called Te Arapaurewa and it was based at um, Toihokura at EIT in Gisborne. So that was a really fulfilling um, role as well. But then um, I sort of moved full circle back to supporting recognition and access to our heritage places with my role here at Heritage New Zealand. So um, I feel I've had this very generous and broad experience and you know, one that hasn't, my passion hasn't diminished over time really. You're clearly hooked on heritage. <laughs> what, what does heritage mean to you personally, Michelle? Oh, well, um, heritage is so diverse and can be many things. Um, for me, it includes the intangible concepts passed between generations. So we can think of that in terms of our um, genealogies or whakapapa, um, songs, stories, beliefs, traditions or tikanga. Um, and it's also the tangible um, things. So um, my work role here at Heritage New Zealand really relates to land-based heritage, such as archaeological sites and cultural landscapes or buildings. But there's also objects or portable taonga, um, areas of the natural environment, such as rivers or our flora fauna or um, you know, forests. Um, and heritage important to me comes through my family first, really who we are, my family are, where we've come from and where we are now and in, this in turn inspired my career choices and my passion for understanding, protecting and preserving our unique dual heritage here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Fantastic. Um... Just looking a bit more broadly, um, I guess, with heritage, what do you see are some of the biggest opportunities for heritage in New Zealand? The biggest opportunities for heritage in New Zealand have always been, for me, connecting communities with their heritage. And as I mentioned, this has been and continues to be the primary focus of my professional practice. Mm. And, and uh, conversely, the other side of the coin, what might you see uh, are some of the greatest threats to heritage in New Zealand? Okay, so heritage protection versus economic development. So one's poorly um, understood and resourced, while the other is something else altogether. Speaking personally, I mean, you've, you've had a, a, a wide range of heritage experience and, and uh, professional interest over the years. What, what's, what's been the most fulfilling heritage project that you've ever worked on? 
No, well, it took me a while to, well, actually, no, one leap forward, but I've had quite a lot. I've been so privileged in this area to have worked so um, closely with amazing people and communities. But uh, one ongoing project um, that remains fulfilling to me, um, for a number of years I've been working with the Whanganui community, members of Ngā Pairangi Iwi who live at Kaiwaiki on the Whanganui River, and we've been trying to understand more about an important collection of their taonga from the mid-1800s that's held in an overseas museum and the ways in which they can access it. So this was the focus of my PhD research, which I completed a couple of years ago. Um, as part of this research, a group of us travelled to the UK and met the taonga and the staff at the museum who wow. care for it which was a pretty amazing experience, but frustratingly it didn't result in any long-term outcomes for Ngāpairangi in terms of ongoing access to this heritage for them. However, we were able to um, certainly enhance our understanding of some of the 400 Tonga in the collection, um, the important roles they placed, played in the lives of um, the tūpuna from whom they originated and connecting individual taonga to descendants of the original owners that was very special, um, you know, and will be, you know, very, you know, seared into my memory, really, for forever. Um, are, are you hopeful that those taonga will ever return to New Zealand? There's hope. I mean, if we look at the 2250 um, commemorations that have been um, celebrated around the country, one of them was... Um, a project in Tairawhiri, Gisborne, where some of the Tonga from um, collected during the time Cook came to New Zealand were brought back and are now on um, display at the Tairawhiri Museum in Gisborne. So th you never can say never, but um, anyway, for this one, there's other ways. So the intangible heritage around this collection has been able to return, so that's super special. And um, there were photographs in the collection, so images of those, copies of those photographs have come back, but um, there would need to be quite a concerted effort for um, any short-term visit by those Tonga here, by that community, and um, this they have currently other priorities. They're small community as well, so they don't have that same government resource that enabled um, the Tauriwhiri experience that we're seeing at the moment. Still never say never, as you say. If there's, if there's one thing you could tell people about Heritage New Zealand Pohiri Taonga, what would it be? Oh, okay, so this is... Um, I found this question quite tricky in that, you know, we've got such an incredibly diverse... Um, range of programs that come out of our organisation. Um, we have such a rich heritage, but it's such a finite resource. Um, and while my role is limited to one function of the organisation, it's quite diverse. But I suppose uh, what we could say is that we're really looking at ways of expanding the way in which we work with Kiwis and, um, you know, bring Kiwis onto this you know, heritage voyage that we're all on and um, learning to understand um, our places in New Zealand and how they can um, be a part of that journey, I suppose. Look, is, there, is, there, is there anything else you'd just like to add, Michelle? Just, just um, any other thoughts that might have been percolating in your mind? 
as you, as you work through these questions. I joined Heritage New Zealand because I felt I could make a difference to some of our processes coming from a very different background than my predecessors in this um, area and I think that's possibly why my boss saw that I might be a good um, contributor to the organisation um, but once I arrived I realised how limited the resources are here so you can't, you know, steps are tiny and slow so, um, but at the same time they're still super rewarding and um, just talking about projects with some of my colleagues um, yesterday that are new and going to be across the organisation. It's, you know, it just maintains that passion about stuff. It's like, you know, well, we are so privileged to be working in this place and working with this amazing Tonga and, you know, meeting the incredible people we have the opportunity to meet. So I suppose I feel very lucky and um, I'm feeling very fulfilled and, you know, my job and the work I do. Shilda. Thanks Michelle, that sounds awesome to me. It's been inspiring talking to my fellow staff members about what heritage means to them and the heritage that their work will be behind for generations to come. But what we're really looking forward to after lockdown is hearing your stories of making your own heritage through visiting and being part of our great heritage places across Aotearoa. We often think of inheritance as money or belongings, but what I've taken away from today's podcast is the importance of appreciating the past and the journey we've been on to get to where we are now, as well as the journey we continue on so the past is not forgotten. Until next time, from me, John O'Hare, Matewa.